What's going on, everybody? It's real with Jordan and Demi. I'm Jordan. Demi, what's going on? We have Rosie on the show today. I'm so excited. Rosie will be joining us very soon. She's a singer-songwriter from the Bay Area, living in LA now. Uh, really great uh, voice. Demi, you love her voice. You before we even started, before the show even started, what did you tell me? I was like, Rosie, I think is has one of my favorite voices ever. And I mean, sweet, sultry, raspy, soulful. What more could we ask for here? You know what I mean? It's like all around. And before we embarrass her too much, let's bring her on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Rosie, what's going Hi. on? Rosie? <laughs> That's so nice. Thank you. Yeah. Is it weird to hear people talk about how great you are? Like when you, when you're <laughs> I mean, it's better than hearing them talk about how much they don't like you. You know, I prefer it. (laughs) Now, you're joining us from your apartment in LA. And, you know, we've seen lots of Zoom uh, interviews, online interviews, or, uh, you know, um, interviews from people's homes. And people comment on a lot of things. And I have to ask that stack of books behind you. I know. That thing is probably seven or eight feet tall. Mm-hmm. People love, I love keeping this in the back. It wasn't on purpose. Obviously it's like, like you said, it's like something that I never really thought about until I was stuck in my house and everyone saw this angle of my life. Um, mm-hmm. There's, there's dividers in it. So it's an illusion. Oh, <laughs> oh. so if you walk up to it, you can't just like push it down. with. Like, no, no, no. Like, like there's different okay. levels in there. I was going to ask, so. how do you get to the ones in the middle? Like, yeah, it's a trick, but it's cool. I mean, if people freak out, so it's fun. <laughs> well, we are really happy uh, to have you on the show. Uh, you've kind of had a really um, interesting path around the music industry um, over the last several years. Uh, you know, you, you started off, you, you signed uh, the whole Maroon 5 thing. You were, quote unquote, discovered by Maroon 5. And I know you have mixed feelings about that. And now here you are on a different label with a really hopeful song, which we will hear you perform in a little bit. So tell us about where your career is now, how you feel about your career now. Yeah, um, I think what, the way I feel about my career now is that I feel like I'm making the record that I always had in my head finally. Like I think um, as much as I knew who I wanted to be and what I want, no, I knew what I wanted to do from a very young age, you know, I think I'm kind of a late bloomer in a lot of ways. And I feel like I'm really just now understanding myself and my sound and who I am and what kind of music I want to make um, in a deeper way. Not that I'm not incredibly proud of my last album. I'm very proud of my last album, but I just feel like this one that I'm making now with the song that I'm going to sing being the first official song from that album is uh, it's just like really exactly what I meant to say. And I'm really, really excited to share it. It just feels like I'm finally like who I meant to be is what it feels like. It's crazy you say that this new track that you just released is actually super stripped down. I feel like we can really hear the real you, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. How did you come about writing this song? What's it about? Um, it's called Him for Tomorrow. And I wrote it, I mean, I wrote it from a really personal place. Like I was in New York and I just, it's like, you know, when you're like trying to get over something, you're trying to get over something. And then it's kind of mysterious the moment that it happens, you kind of hit a wall of some kind and you're done. It's like, I just, I had kind of held on to this baggage of past relationships and some of the earlier record deal stuff. And I just been holding on to it for a really long time. And for some reason that summer in New York, I was like, oh, I'm, 
I'm done. I've evolved past it. And I wrote the song. Sometimes I do this. I'll write a song to kind of like cross the finish line to wherever I'm emotionally trying to get. I'm like, I write really personal songs. I use songs to get through things in my life. So this song was an example of that. I, I kind of wrote myself into where I wanted to be, which is really excited about what's in front of me instead of looking back to what came before me. And we wanted to put it out in the very beginning of this year because obviously 2020 was crazy and there was so <laughs> much darkness in it and so much sadness and so much heaviness. And it's not like I expected, you know, I'm going to put this song out and 2021 is going to be all like perfect and, and, and easy. I obviously didn't expect that, but it's hopefully like the soundtrack to getting where we're trying to go, you know, somewhere better, a more hopeful future. Uh, one thing I really like to do on this show is talk about an artist's signature song uh, or one of their signature songs if they have a really long career. And what I consider, I mean, may not have the most Spotify streams, but I really love Uphill Battle, which is Thank a song you. you had on your <laughs> uh, your debut LP from a couple of years ago. I. Mm -hmm. uh, and I will drop after the show ends, I will drop a link to your performance on Jimmy Kim alive after the show, but it's a really inspirational song. Tell us about where that song came from. I love you bringing that up. And I think that that is exactly my signature song. So I think that's really interesting that you noticed that because it is not my most played song. Um, but I actually have always kind of felt like it is, I mean, it's like, that song I was carrying around in my in myself for years, trying to find a way to articulate it. The song, it's called Uphill Battle, and it's like basically talking shit about myself. I'm calling myself an uphill battle, but not in an aggressive way. And like, a, these are the things about myself that I know can be difficult, but I think, you know, they're also my biggest strengths. You know, I think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of trying to find like empowerment in the things that sometimes I'm insecure about, or sometimes I know make me harder to be with or harder to deal with, but they're also kind of like the reasons why I might be great, you know? Um, so I love hearing that you think that I think it's, I mean, my dad said this and it really made me laugh because like it's called up, I'm calling myself an uphill battle, right? And my dad's like, when he first heard it, he's like, that is the most perfect description of you I've ever heard. Well, <laughs> but thanks, I know what he means. <laughs> he didn't mean it as a criticism, I don't think, but. Were you yeah. a good kid? Were you like a well-behaved child? Um, I wasn't, I wasn't like awful, but I was like emotional. Like I threw a lot of tantrums. I would like really like I wanted I didn't want to be a kid is the way I remember it I was like I hate that I need to depend on other people it's like it's an awful feeling like I can't I can't go anywhere without you like how annoying is that you know I just wanted to be like a grown-up and be free <laughs> I feel that what kind of student were you I was a pretty good student I like school um I was never like the best student because I didn't really care about grades and I didn't really care about I didn't want to go to college I just want to be an artist um, but I like to learn. I really do. <laughs> so I was a pretty good student. You say you're, you don't really like school, but you did go to music school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you actually graduate from USC or did you just attend? Classes? I walked. So it looks like I graduated in photos. It really looks like but I you were like a few credits short or something. What? You, were you a, free, a few credits short? Yeah, it's like a semester because I was part time. I got signed. I was a background singer when I was in school for Don Henley and for Sergio Mendez. And then I was yeah. signed for the first time when I was 19. So I was on tour a lot. 
I like that you were a backup singer for like older guys. I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest, I didn't back then, I didn't even know who Sergio Mendez was and I knew who the Eagles were, but I didn't know who Don Henley was. And so it was, it was because I had teachers at USC who worked with them, who recommended me. Um, I actually have a Don Henley story. Do you? Uh, when I was in high school, my mom was part of this arts council and she volunteered me and my dad to be volunteer ushers at a Don Henley concert. And so me and my dad wore these yellow vests and were ushers at a Don Henley concert. And the cool thing I remember about that is he did Hotel California with horns, like a ska version of Hotel wow. California. That's what I remember about that. That's amazing. So, I didn't that, know that one. That was my little sidebar, my little Don Henley <laughs> sidebar. He's amazing. Everybody, I mean, I, I had such a good time. It was my first, those are my first experiences like on any kind of tour. And I know I had no idea what it was like. So it was, it was like a great place to learn. But you're right, it was kind of funny because I was like a mm -hmm. teenager. You know, yeah, and <laughs> hanging out with grandpa basically. Yeah. <laughs> what did What did you learn about, uh, like the music industry and about touring and like what did you get out of that experience of um, being a backup singer? I mean, it was basically just like opening my eyes to what it looked like. Like I didn't even know what backstage at a real show looked like. I didn't really know what a tour bus was like. I didn't know what it was like to live in hotels. I had never done that, so it just was. I mean, it was so much fun. I was like, and my first tour was a Sergio Mendez in Europe. And I went to Europe for like six weeks. I was 19. And I not only did I not have to pay, I got paid, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I was having the best time. And then I got signed around the same time. So it was this kind of, I, I was a background singer and then I got signed really quickly. So it was like, I, I kind of was like, oops, I'm, I have a job, but then I'm starting to do my own stuff too. My my favorite background singer story is when Cheryl Crow backed up Michael Jackson on his bad and tour. Henley. Yeah. Oh Henley yeah, it's true. It's true. Too. Yeah. And I yeah. love Cheryl Crow. I mentioned Cheryl Crow in my song "Best Friend" song because she is like one of my idols, and she posted about the song on Instagram <laughs> earlier this year, and it was just like it was my. And then I when we DM'd, I was like, I was Don Henley's background singer too. <laughs> well, so you DM with Cheryl Crow. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Cheryl Crow. It was a highlight of one of the good things of 2020 for me. Nice. <laughs> Tell nice. us about your third. One thing I really wanted to ask you about your third show ever. Yeah. I think you know what I'm going to say. It was literally Madison Square Garden. It's crazy. Explain how, how it just felt. You're going from playing little places on campus. Yeah. All of a sudden you're at MSG. Like, Insane. oh my God. Yeah. What would you like and smell like? It was my third show with Maroon 5, which was, but I had met them like, I mean, I think I had met Adam maybe twice before we started, go, we started going on tour together. Um, honestly, I mean, maybe that's not true. I'm kind of forgetting the timeline, but we, I had, I had played, I used to come out and do the Christina Aguilera part on Moves Like Jagger. And I had done it, I think like twice in rehearsal and the first time I messed up so bad more than I've ever messed up a song in my life I was so nervous I was like in rehearsal with Maroon 5 like what am I doing here like like you said I was just playing frat parties and stuff at USC um and so then like the third show was Madison Square Garden which was just insane and I was backstage like I think I need a shot of tequila or something because yeah that's insane I mean you have so much soul in your voice like it's just, there's so much more. It sounds like there's so much behind that voice. Where does that soul yeah. come from? Oh, that's such a nice question. Um, I think singing for me is like, like I was saying about songwriting, singing is like a tool for me. Like I, like probably like that kid who was throwing tantrums, like she's still in me. And 
that's not really like appropriate anymore. So I like, I, I think, sing, I mean, I always say to people, like, even if you're not a singer, just to sing. And maybe that's an annoying thing to hear from a singer. But I'm like, it just feels so good to get out whatever you're feeling. And for me, it's just like incredibly cathartic. So um, I write about really personal stuff. And then I sing, even if it's not my song, even if it's a cover or something, I, I don't really see the point of singing unless I'm like connecting to something emotionally. Like that's the whole point of it to me is to express human emotion. Otherwise it's just kind of an exercise, you know? I, uh, I, I mentioned the, the Maroon 5 thing earlier in the show and I kind of glazed over a little bit, but for those of you, for those of you who, who don't know the whole story, Rosie was basically discovered and discovered. Well, you can explain it, Rosie, but tell tell the viewers the story, like get it straight. Cause when, when you look up you and Maroon 5, there's all these articles right. conflicting about how it went down, all this stuff. So right. you kind of enlighten us a little bit about that. Yeah, whole the funniest story. one is everyone who's like, she was on the voice. I was like, no, I wasn't on the voice. <laughs> Um, I wasn't on The Voice. Uh, I sang on The Voice once, but no, um, I wasn't a contestant. Um, Adam Levine heard a song that I wrote um, with a mutual friend of his. Um, and I, his manager sent it to him and then I think sent him a video of me singing Barracuda by Heart at like a USC venue and where I went, where I went to school. And he wrote me an email being like, I don't have a record label, but I'll start one if you'll be the first artist. <laughs> Um, which was crazy, really surreal. And, and, um, you know, you went on this tour and you, and you, you went on, you toured with them. You said, you mentioned them seeing the Christina Aguilera part in movies like Jagger. Um, I know it didn't work out the way you wanted it to. And in the end, I mean, you have a new label, you have new music. It's all great now, but do you, how do you feel when you look back at that? Do you, do you view it as a positive experience? Yeah, I think it, it's complicated. You know, I um, was really young. And like I said earlier in this interview, I, I was younger at heart, even in some ways, younger as an artist, I would say, maybe not at heart, um, but I really didn't know myself yet. And the label, as much as it was so unbelievably flattering that the, he invented the label to sign me, which was incredible and was an amazing like story to tell people, um, there wasn't really a label set up. So I didn't really have um, development and I kind of needed it. I think some artists don't. Like sometimes I look at Billie Eilish and I'm like, you just knew who you were. I mean, I don't know her whole specific story, but I'm like, you as a kid seem to have such a clear sense of self. And that wasn't really me. Like, I think some people, it takes a second to kind of find themselves. And that's who I am. I think that, um, and like I said, I'm a late bloomer. And so I think I was a little young for it, um, when, it when it all went down. And it's one thing I always think about, you know, to be a really young girl in the music industry, dealing with these older men who have so much more experience and success than you. And nobody in my family is an artist. Nobody in my professionally, you know, nobody uh, has any experience. It's really, when someone comes in the room to you and says, this is who you are. Mm -hmm. And you're like, it's not who I am. But if you can't go back to them and say, no, this is who I am, mm -hmm. it puts you in a really tough position. It's really hard. And so whenever young artists, especially young female artists talk to me about it, I'm like, take your time getting to know yourself and you can't rush it, you know? Um, that, so that, so that sometimes, you know, that was, it's complicated when I look back on it for that reason. And that's just the really honest answer that I don't know if I've ever mm. said that explicitly before, but, but 
I will say, I think it was a very necessary piece in me coming to this place now where I feel like I know myself. And I'm not really sure that I would have come to this place where I feel so excited about my sound and so excited about my songs and so proud of who I am as an artist if I hadn't gone through that really like kind of big thing in my life where I, I, I learned a lot. So it's one of those things in life. You can't, you're always like, I wish I knew that then. And you're like, but I only know that because of that. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing. And I mean, it's, um, thank you for sharing that with us because it kind of clears everything up. And honestly, it does happen to a lot of women in any industry. You're taken really young or like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you're expecting all of these people are telling you who you are. And I mean, so after that, you took a little bit, a little break from music. Um, and I, I know that you said something like you needed to just live your life to just be a kid, just grow up and just kind of like find yourself, right? What were some things that you did to find yourself or what are some experiences that, that happened to you? Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I never, I never really took a break from music. I think I took a break from releasing. touring and I took a break from like sh releasing music. Yeah. But I spent like a year and a half just writing songs like every day. But part of that was like, girl, you need to like go have some feelings to write about, you know, like, so, I mean, I fell in love. Oh, first, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I fell in love for the first time. I got my heart broken. I, you know, kind of went through the whole process of leaving one record deal and signing another one. And I think anybody who has dreams of any kind, like you said, any industry would relate to that. You know, it's like you have to mourn something before you move on to the next. Um, and I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I did all sorts of things. Um, but I think it was a really like, you know, necessary process and getting to the, I did, I couldn't have written my last album bad together without that. And then I think that set me up in the position where now, you know, last year, I mean, before 2020, I was touring all year while writing my new album and, you know, it's a little bit more integrated. It's too, I, a little, something a little more fun, Rosie. I, I was watching an interview you did with billboard a couple of years ago. And you mentioned that to get yourself hyped up before shows, you watch Beyonce videos. That's true. What is your favorite Beyonce video? Okay. There's so many. I think there's this one, she, she headlined Glastonbury and the whole show is unbelievable. It's like one of my favorite eras of Beyonce. It's like when she was, um, promoting for that album, which is my favorite one. It's like very James Brown. She's so like musical and she covers beautiful ones by Prince. And it's so insane. It's so insane. And she's like, so in, like, whatever. It's just my dream. That also any of the footage from her Atlantic City residency, which I went to with my friends and tricked them into thinking it was just in New Jersey from Manhattan, but Atlantic City's further than like just New Jersey. Um, and that show was like her first, her first shows back after having her first baby. And she was just on one. Um, those are probably my two go-to favorites. But Anything will do, frankly. Oh my God! Now, honestly, honestly, once once we're back touring, I think I'm going to be going to the Coachella content because she released that like whole you know concert video or whatever. I think like right. a year ago or something. Yeah, yeah. I want to ask about songwriting, right? Mm -hmm. Some songwriters have this certain like a certain thing, you know, that they need to have around them when writing, or you know what I mean, like. Are you one of those songwriters who are like, I need my green M&Ms or funky <laughs> songwriting superstitions or habits? Um, for me, I just usually need to write the words 
first. Like I'll write a whole poem first. Cause like I said, I write these like really, they're like my secrets. It's like my, the, all my stories like about me. So sometimes if I'm going to collaborate with somebody and co-write a song, if I go in there, I'm like too nervous to tell them everything. So it's easier if I just write the whole words, that's how it started. I just like, I'm just going to write the words by myself. So I don't have to deal with that conversation because I was shy basically. Um, so now that's just how I do it. I'll write like a whole poem and I'll go in there like a poetry slam and read them my poem. <laughs> so. What, how have you been doing with the pandemic in terms of like eating, exercising, those sorts of things? Like how have you been keeping up with everything? I've been pretty good. Um, I, if for no other reason, I'm just like, will lose my mind if I don't like, I like to, I like to feel healthy or else I'll go crazy. And that's even more true when you're stuck in your house. So I love to walk. I walk like five miles a day. I've been really addicted to Tracy. Yeah. I walk a lot. It yeah. seems time consuming, like walking five miles. That's at least like two hours out of your day every day. I'm a really fast walker, but yes, I mm. usually call people. I'll call my manager on a lot of those walks. She's like, you're breathing too heavy. Can we talk later? <laughs> mm. You know, or, um, I'll call my Nana. My Nana's 96 and I call her at least once a week. So that's kind of like my phone call time. Um, I'm also really addicted to Tracy Anderson. I don't know if you guys know the legend that is Tracy Anderson. She's a workout queen, but I am subscribed to her, whatever. I started doing it during COVID and like, I can't stop. Like I like think about her. Like I want to go do Tracy. (laughs) Wow. And now I have to like check this out though. Yeah. if she's so great, she's like train Madonna and Gwyneth Paltrow. She's like hardcore, and it's but it's not like the kind of exercise where you're going to kill yourself. Like it's not. I don't. I don't want to do some like boot camp. I don't want to do 100 burpees. Like that's not my style. It's more like, it's more like um, nuanced than that. But she's like a savage. Like she, think Madonna, and you'll get it. Cool. Did you cut your own bangs? Not these. <laughs> no, I wish I could have. No, I did cut them in COVID, but it was such a disaster. This. I had a show that was raising money for Hotel Cafe in LA and my guitarist lives with her mom and her grandparents. And so we were all super, super, super careful with COVID. And before the show, her mom came outside of my boyfriend's house with lots of outdoor space and gave me a blowout and trimmed my bangs so I could see again because at first I I couldn't. It's like part of you, but like they look great on you. We had another artist (laughs) upsell um, on the show and she literally pulled out a scissors. She was like, this is how you cut your bangs. Yeah, I don't. Everyone's like, you got to go like this. I'm like, I don't don't know what you're talking about. That's never going to be my skill. I'm never going to be good at that. Are you a lifestyle like brand blog person? You mentioned Gwyneth Paltrow. Are you like a goop person or do you like, do you follow a certain blog or certain terms of like, you know, you know, lifestyle? I just get bored is the problem. Like I want to, cause I really like skincare and I really like health food and like, I like that stuff, what but I get bored. Routine? Okay. My skincare Let everyone routine. know on the show. Um, I use a lot of, Biologique Recherche, which is just like, if I ever make any money, it goes to Biologique Recherche. It's like <laughs> crazy. But the problem is I don't, I don't like makeup. I don't really know how to do it. I'm always like, I don't spend any money on that. I don't really like to shop, but I love taking care of my skin. So <laughs> I love that you got a thing immediately. <laughs> skincare routine. Um, so I use a lot of that. It's like their toner, P50. It's like what they're famous for. I use this brand called Future that has these like really amazing beauty drops that would just feel like silk on your face. 
I have this new brand that I just started using that I like called it's us.k. It's like us. I don't know exactly how to say it, but it's, I love, I'm loving it. Um, I wear super goop sunscreen every day. Mm. Sunscreen every day. I wear sunscreen every day. I wear, and I do a face mask every day. Not now there's two kinds of face masks, but I do a skin mask every day. I'm addicted to it. And I really that's love the secret it. to glowing like Rosie. <laughs> I, 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 so I bought one of those like value pack Korean face masks off Amazon where you get like the 12 pack. Uh -huh. I used one and then I stopped for no reason. So, well, you didn't like it. It didn't inspire well, you. It was laziness. It was laziness. <laughs> I think, well, I, here's one thing I do. I'll get off my soapbox for a second is I, it irritates me that guys don't act like skincare applies to them. Like they don't have skin or something, you right. know, like dudes have skin too. Do I know. I think that's boyfriend's just, face as well. When you, you know, sometimes, that? yeah, he'll, sometimes he'll let me do it, but he sometimes has too much scruff that it's like only half his face. Yeah. Like, I have a beard. So yeah. I'm basically just working with my cheeks, nose and forehead. I honestly, yeah. it's like, yes, I want my skin to look good, but also I just love to do, like, I feel so, I just like, it's a, it's a habit now that if I don't do it, it feels like I'm forgetting. And I, it's a multitasking actually. I like to multitask. Like sometimes I get bored doing one thing at a time. So I'm like, I'm warming up my voice. What can I also be doing? Putting on my face mask. Like, I just like doing two things at once or I'm making eggs. What can I also be doing? Skincare. You're big on multitasking. Yeah. I get bored if I just do one thing sometimes. I think true, that's a true. True millennial. Yeah. Thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you aren't you glad that like millennial bashing has kind of like gone away? Yeah, because they're like, oops, we're so much worse than you. Everyone mm -hmm. older than you. <laughs> I know. I know. I felt like the millennial bashing was like bitterness that you're no longer young, you know. Right. That's oh yeah. So maybe they're yeah, that's probably true. But we I've, everyone seems to like Gen Z. I feel like Gen Z is killing it. I'm not mad at them. Yeah. Well, I feel like, like the earth. not it's to get too political, but I feel like maybe there's some guilt there that the boomers feel like they screwed everything up for Gen Z. And yeah, so when they see like eight year olds in the street, like I want clean water, they're like, my bad, I can't be mad at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we probably didn't do our part. <laughs> yeah. This one for the books, I genuinely want to know Orange Skies is one of my favorite songs. Of oh, ever. thank you so much. Thank and, you. Okay, so why did you call it Orange Skies? Like, I have to know. I'm oh, orange for just for that. Yeah, well, I and mean, I wrote it. I, I wrote it um, during the fires in LA um, when the skies were just actually orange. Like it was just like not even a metaphor. Like those skies were orange, and then the fires in San Francisco last year, where I'm from, um, my parents were sending me these photos of like my room outside like the window outside my bedroom, like just like the rooms I'd looked through my whole life and the skies were so orange, like you like dystopian orange. So we just, I just texted the president of my label, like, can we just put this out and use it to raise money for, for some charity? Because it just seems like it just was, I had already called the song orange skies. And then everyone was posting these photos of like neon orange skies. Um, so it, yeah, it's about all the fires in California and just, like global warming in general and, and the, and I was trying to make it seem very intimate. You know, I talk, I talk about like my, the first boyfriend I had when I was 15, bringing me gardenias to my house. And I talk about, you know, smoking weed and jumping in the ocean with my friends, like all these little moments in California when, when global warming and climate change was just like brewing in the background, you know, and, and then like the catastrophe that is the fires that have come as a result, you know. Not to get dark again. <laughs> <laughs> On the bright side, 
you here, you're here. Uh, you have a new single, our new ish single, uh, Him for Tomorrow, and you're actually going to perform it for us today. Yes. I'm so excited. So, so before you sing in California, what? Before you perform it, uh, tell us a little bit about the song and how it fits into your new set of songs. Is part of an upcoming album or, or yes. uh, tell us about it? So it's it's technically the first song off my next album. So um, I released a song called Best Friend Song last year. Um, that's also on the album, but we there's only like a single version that's out at the moment. So this is the first song that's officially on the album. And I think it's like you guys were saying, it's like more stripped down. You'll you hear me even more. That's been a total mantra for the album it is less is more room for my voice. Don't try and overcrowd anything. Just, I want you to hear my, it's all about me. I want you to hear my words and my voice. And that's like kind of the vibe of this song. I mean, right now I'm just going to attempt to play it on piano, but the actual recording is, is pretty stripped down too. Um, and like I was saying, it's about, I hold on really tightly to stuff. I'm like, it's hard for me to let go of things. I'm not good at it. Um, and this song is kind of my, you know, trying to teach myself the, the very true lesson that sometimes letting go is not giving up. It's just making space for something better and something new and um, kind of like to feel more excited about the future, like our best days are ahead of us rather than behind us. And it's kind of like when the vaccines were first coming out and when Joe Biden won, I was like, here we go. It's him for tomorrow. And it's not, like I said, it's not an overnight solution, but hopefully it's like the soundtrack to getting somewhere better. So all right, so are you yeah. ready to go? I am ready to go. Okay, so here on It's Real with Jordan Demi, here is Rosie performing Him for Tomorrow. I got baggage on my shoulders. You say, girl, let go. And I've been the bitch with the bad weather. You say, Life is a record, play a new song With a pass like a hangover Still drunk on, on sewer summer Sex lovers with guns But I fell asleep the old way Such a long, long time ago Saw a new day come in my dreams this is my hymn for tomorrow Fuck the time, it's always flying I can't move on I never do There's no such thing There's only go on And carry everything you say Life is a record Play a new song and if it's never really over Make a new forever Baby, get free and get on So I fell asleep the Such a long, long time ago Saw a new day come in my dreams This is my hymn for tomorrow
All right, that Thank was Rosie with him for tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you so much for singing that for us. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Thank oh, you. I got to say, the echo in the room mixed with your voice. It's, not, it's a cool vibe. It's definitely a vibe. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I never used to really play piano and then COVID happened and I had to be a piano player. So. Oh, okay. so before COVID, before a year ago, you didn't play, what was your knowledge? I of mean, piano? I could, I could, like, I knew it, like I could play chords, I could play some scales, but I was like, just fundamentally I didn't really consider myself a piano player by any means. And I still don't think I'm a great piano player, but that's been like a silver lining is I just was forced because nobody else was in my house. So I had to play by myself. <laughs> What's your best instrument? Piano. Piano. Okay. <laughs> you're like, you're a, you're a pure vocalist. I'm a singer. Pure. I mean like where I belong is I don't belong. I, I love to play piano and I'm so grateful that I can and that I can do this in this time. But standing behind a microphone by myself. I don't want to think about anything else. I don't want to look at any technology. I don't want to deal with this ring light. I don't want to think about it. I just want to like stand and sing and like lose myself. That's what I miss, you know, really just like losing myself in the song. Can we expect um, a new album with just like a lot of piano coming up and you and yes. the boys? Can we There's expect a lot. I mean, yeah, are you going to turn into Billy Joel all of a sudden? No, mm. I mean, there's definitely. I mean, I have this one song on my next album that's pure piano ballad that I think if people have heard my song Bad Together or Uphill Battle, it's like kind of in the same family as that. Um, and I love to play that one. Um, and in general, like I said, the album's much more stripped, but it's still, it's still, um, it's actually probably more fun than my last album, I would say. It's a little bit more up-tempo and a little bit more, like, spicy than my last album. <laughs> spicy. Wow. Spicy. All right. Look yeah. forward to that. <laughs> so before we let you go, uh, tell us, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Everywhere. Yeah. Everything is just, if you look up Rozzy, R-O-Z-Z-I, um, on, like, Spotify, iTunes, whatever, that's me. And, um, and this my, is your Instagram, though. This is Rozzy. Yeah, your this is Rozzy, R-O-Z-Z-I. You'll find me. What's your favorite social media platform and your least favorite social media platform? Um, I think Instagram is both of those. I think I, I Instagram's like mine. Like I really, that's the one where I feel most comfortable. Like it just fits me, but it's ruined my life also. So, you know, as it does everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm trying to get into TikTok, but like, it's really just like, it's not even an, it's not even like that. It's just for 15 year olds. It's also like a different kind of creativity. Like I'm kind of blown away by the creativity on TikTok. And it's like, it's just not exactly, I'm like, I don't want to write a 30 second song. I want to write like a five minute song, you know? <laughs> and she's like a pain to like 
uh, set up, set up the phone, get the camera oh, yeah. going, and do the thing. So you know, and I'm trying to get off my phone. So it's at so least you have a, at least you have a boyfriend to do stuff for you. That's true. He's very helpful with a lot. He's of like things. boyfriend, come make this video for me. Oh you, my god, he's better at all of those things than me. So he's very helpful. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We really Thanks. hope you the best. Hope and uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to whatever new material you come out with. You, you are guys are so you guys have such great questions. Oh, that was really fun. I feel like I told you way more than I meant to, but in a good way. It was great. All right. <laughs> good to hear. We appreciate it. All right, Rosie, we will talk to you later. Okay. Bye, guys. Thank you. All right. That was Rosie. Demi, that was fun. New girl crush alert. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on It's Real with Jordan and Demi. Everyone, uh, have a great week and be safe out there. And uh, we will see you next time.